Welcome back to another episode of Reading for a Change, a podcast from Moody Publishers where we take an inside look at the books transforming our lives and shaping the world. Hi, my name is Drew Dick. I'm the host of the podcast. And today I am thrilled to welcome back to the podcast, Trillia Newbell. Uh, For those of you who've been listening for a while, you may remember Trillia joined us as a co-host for the second season, I believe, of this podcast. Uh, And I interviewed her about her books and her writing. Uh, Then we also kind of tag team interviewed other authors about their books. Um, But for those of you who maybe missed those or may be unfamiliar with Trillia, let me give you a quick introduction to to who she is, her work. She is the author of many books in several genres, uh, including some Christian living titles, she has a best-selling Bible study, a best-selling children's book, and she's contributed to um, a lot of kind of multi-voice volumes as well. One topic she's addressed in her writing, which is especially uh, relevant to today, uh, is racial justice and reconciliation. She wrote the book United, Captured by God's Vision for Diversity, and a book uh, titled God's Very Good Idea, and that is a children's, uh, illustrated children's book. Uh, and just given the moment we're in right now, I wanted to talk to her about that topic and specifically about writing about these issues related to race. So Trillia, welcome, or I should say welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Well, I was just going to say you didn't mention one of the most important new aspects of our is that I am also now a coworker. (laughs) I buried the lead. (laughs) You buried the lead. (laughs) Yes. Trillia um, joined us at Moody Publishers um, as a fellow acquisitions editor. Uh, And how how long have you been with us now, Trillia? A matter of weeks. Is that right? A matter of weeks. Yeah. It's maybe been a month. This may be the fourth week. I guess week. it has. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's gone fast and it's just been awesome to have you on the team already. Of course, we're doing all like the, the Zoom Skype uh, meetings, so uh, she's not able to hang out. We're, we're not able to hang out with each other in person, uh, but it's been such a cool thing to have her on the team. So, yes, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um. So, yeah, let's dive in. I I think it's it's we didn't plan it this way, but we're actually recording this episode on Juneteenth, a holiday celebrating the liberation uh, of people who were held as slaves in the U.S. Um, and well, yes, go ahead, Trillia. Well, it's just it's actually interesting because it it is actually a celebration of people who found out. But was it two years later? about the Emancipation Proclamation. So mm. they they came down to Galveston, Texas, I believe, to announce, by the way, those slaves are free. And wow. yes, and read the Emancipation Proclamation, which I can't say very well. And, um, and Texas was behind. They didn't realize, or at least that's what we, we there's, there is, there are a number of, um, potential reasons why they did not know for so long, mm-hmm. but, um, but that is why we celebrate because it's the true liberation of yes. all people. Um, but so, isn't that, it's just such a strange, strange thing, but anyways, carry on. 
No, I'm glad you said that because I knew about it before, but I'm going to be honest. It wasn't until this year that it really got on my radar because of the cultural moment we're in. And I appreciate that background, uh, which I wasn't aware. Um, But we're just at this incredibly um, tumultuous time as a nation in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and other um, police shootings that have sparked protests across the country. And basically, we're having this this reckoning with race that is long overdue. And so, truly, I guess my first question for you, and this is kind of a big open-ended one, but what are you hoping that people will learn during this time? Um, I, that is, it's almost too much to answer. I I just, uh, yeah, I I mean, the, the biggest, my biggest concern is that it will be a moment and that will be it. I, I don't think that we're going to move on because this has been such a, the, the, the effects have gone so far and wide. I mean, my husband and I were watching any kind of sport that's on TV. You just kind of put it on, right? So Norwich in England was playing, their soccer team was playing someone else in England. I have no idea. But on the back of their jersey was Black Lives Matter. I mean, this mm-hmm. is in England. And they're so, they, um, I saw where I said there, there was a, a drawing of George Floyd on it, kind of like a mural in a burnt out building in, I believe it was Iran. That's a wow. big deal. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, thing. it is a global thing. And so my hope is, is that we will learn that this is going to take in endurance to do all the learning of all the other things that we need to learn because there's mm. there's too much to, to say because we need to learn history we need to learn what what how we how systems have affected this we need to there's so much to learn we need to learn how to love we we need to learn what the bible actually says so there's so much we need to learn but in order to do it we've got to stay so my hope is that we will our first lesson will be no 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 we can't move on this isn't a moment this is this is something that we need to um we can't move on from so that we actually can do the learning mm. and that will be a temptation especially as the news cycle moves on to something else uh for people to just kind of pass by this and not learn the lessons uh and speaking of learning one thing that has been encouraging uh to see is the number of Christian books on this topic uh, that are climbing the bestseller charts. Um, And I'm wondering, as someone who's written on this, what are some of the joys, the frustrations that you've experienced writing on the topic of race to a Christian audience? Some of the discouraging, I'll I'll start with some of the discouraging aspects, is that when I wrote United, there wasn't, it it, it was a risk. It wasn't, there wasn't a massive amount of people who were really interested in hearing about the beauty of diversity in the church. It wasn't something new, but it, it people weren't um, buying these, the, this particular topic. It wasn't flying off the shelf like it is now, not my book, but books in general. And yes. so, and so I, so it was, it was, it was discouraging, not that it didn't 
wasn't flying off the shelves, but that I realized how many people just don't care. Hmm. And so it was kind of this shocking revelation that, that a lot of people don't really or didn't care about the topic. Hmm. And there, so there is something different about today. And I do, which we just alluded to and, and, um, and I'm grateful for that. But the discouraging thing is that it's taken the death of black men and, right. and black women to get interested that it just should never be that way, especially mm. not in the church. Um, it just shouldn't, we should always be interested in engaging in how to build a, a kingdom that's beautifully diverse as God has created and called us to. So, so it's, so that can be a little bit discouraging. Um, yeah. Another thing that can be discouraging is not talk writing about race is that sometimes people can assume that all black people want to write about race right. or want to talk about race. And the reality is, is that we are, we have so many other things that we can offer. And if your black brother or sister has, um, who is a writer has that desire, then go yay go do but if not everyone does and not everyone should (laughs) and yeah and so i think that um i'm grateful that i've had the opportunity to write on a number of different things and um and that people will call on me for a number of different things to speak to Mm -hmm. but i i i do think that that can be a, a discouraging aspect of writing in general is because so often um, black people are called to speak on and, and write on race. And they're just, there isn't what, I mean, I could talk about Romans eight all day long, you know? So mm-hmm. it isn't what I think a lot of people want to do. So I just, I think that that can be discouraging if, if we're looking for, at the Christian landscape. And then in regards to what's encouraging is just the opposite of all of that is that people are actually listening and reading. And yeah, you talked about New York times bestsellers. I've, I know three people who are African-American who've been on the New York times bestseller the last couple of weeks. Um, My little children's book, it's kind of, shocking how much like we can't actually keep up with that's awesome it is an encouraging thing where it's it's funny um talking yes it is encouraging yeah but so those things are really great it's it's it's, i think it's a part of that not moving on where people Mm. are going to be reading and learning from christians who have been thinking through these topics probably most of our lives. And so that's good. Um, And another encouraging thing, which is the opposite of what I just said, is that I am seeing more call for um, women speaking, uh, writing Bible studies who are women of color or, um, yeah, or, or I'm seeing calls for uh, more women and men and 
of color in leadership in the evangelical spaces. So I'm seeing that, but we're talking about writing, but I am seeing that increasingly. And that to me is an encouraging, is an encouragement um, because that's what how it should have been all along. Yes. Now, I'm glad you addressed that too, the topic of people of color being asked to speak only on issues of race, because I would imagine that was one of my questions for you. Like, when you are a person of color and people are, you're maybe asked to a conference or asked to write a book or an article, but it's always about the topic of race. I have to think that would get old, right? Instead of being tapped to speak or write on other subjects. Yeah. Does it get tiring? It, it does get tiring. Now, see, I am, I am one who I, I wrote a book on it. I've got very good idea, a kid's book. So there is a desire to think and write on these topics mm-hmm. um, to a certain degree. I do feel a, a bit like, okay, this is where the Lord has called me to a certain degree. There are certain to- um, aspects of the topic that I just can't touch. I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know really the, I, the, I'm not a sociologist. So there's lots mm-hmm. of things that I think, okay, I can't actually speak to, and I'm happy to, I just say it, but I, I do think it can be, it can be tiring. And, and when it, when it is, when I do feel like, you know what, I just, I did it this week. I, I, someone asked me to be on a podcast and I said, I would be happy to be on your podcast. I am not going to talk about race. Mm-hmm. I, there's a number of other things that I can talk about, but at this moment, I need a break from yeah. that. <laughs> and, totally. and so, yeah, and, and it was fine. So, so yes, there are moments when it can be tiring and, and, but with that said, I do think if we're talking about growing in our knowledge and understanding and, and we need to find those voices to listen to and, and to elevate and to mm-hmm. hear from. So, so it, even when, if it's tiring for some, it's, it's for others, they're full of energy for it. So I, I don't, I, that shouldn't be something where, where people say, okay, well then I'm just not going to bother. Um, actually I think, no, you, you just read a book or, <laughs> mm-hmm. or find another means to learn. Yes. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I've seen um, some very well-meaning uh, fellow white Christians um, articulating a desire to have peace and reconciliation. Uh, and I get that, especially when things are so chaotic and and scary and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of, you know, each side calling each other out and everything um, over the issue of race. Uh, is there a danger though in wanting to jump straight to reconciliation, straight to unity? Is there a danger in that impulse? Yes, the danger is is that you can't. <laughs> hmm. So it's you really can't jump straight to unity because you're going to have to have a conversation. You're going to have to repent. There is some sort of working out in order to actually be reconciled. What are we getting reconciled from? So we can't just go straight from A to Z without something in between. Right. So, yeah. So I think either there's likely a need for repentance and restoration and Mm. 
those things before, um, and I didn't mean to make it an alliteration, but I, before there is repentance, you just, I mean, before there is reconciliation, you cannot go from, so, so yes, the, the danger is, is that people don't want to actually deal with the hard things. Yes. And so the, and, but we, in order for us to see real fruit, you have to root out what's been going on. You have, there, there has to be a real and honest conversation. You can't just jump straight to, um, Kumbaya, which just doesn't work Mm -hmm. like this, like fake joy that, um, a lot of people try to push. It's not, it's not, um, realistic. Yeah, that's a great point. And just logically, you're right. Like if you're talking about reconciliation, implies there's a problem or a division in the first place, right? Yes. Yeah. Whereas a lot of, I I think, I don't want to speak for all white people or anything, but it's like a lot of my white friends are kind of like, can't we just get back to how it was? This is really scary and confusing. Um, Whereas maybe people of color are going, hey, maybe it wasn't so great how it was. <laughs> yeah, I was just as you were saying that, I was thinking, uh, I don't know if we want to get back to how it was. You know, it, right? What does that mean? That's where that's where education and and really having friends who don't look like you help mm. because how it was for your neighbor may not be the best. And to be frank, it was it's not the best for you either. Right. We don't, we, none of us should want it to be status quo how it was. And so that's, I think it's a problem if if we want to keep things how they were, the good old days, all those mm-hmm. things only benefit. Well, really they benefit no one because you're, you're, you're richer when, when we are in community and with other people, not like us and, and learning and and loving people who are not like us. So, so you're, it's, it's a facade of it. You, you think you're better off, but it's, it's not actually better off. That's really well said. Yeah. Because you might think, well, if I, you know, the privileged group back then, then it would just be terrific to get back to that. But it, that's not good for anyone if there's injustice and inequality. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think of the quote right now, but um, what is it? Injustice something oh it's a martin luther king jr quote that something like injustice anywhere is a threat to something everywhere yes, yes. that's it that's it injustice, you know. oh, sorry, yeah it's in, yeah in, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere everywhere that's it yeah. yeah there we go and then dear listener you don't even have to google it because we just no. did it for you Yep. <laughs> no, such a great quote. And you're right, just encapsulates that idea. Yes. Um, so Trillia, for people who want to become better educated on this topic, especially folks that look like me, are there a few books you can re- recommend to get started in addition to your own, of course? <laughs> yeah. So we've, we have a great author with, um, with um, Dr. Perkins, you know, so is it Justice Roll Down? Uh, let justice let roll. Justice roll down. Yep. yep, he's done a few for us. And so, yes, I I would look at. Um, and Moody's actually pub- published quite a bit. We've published United and Eric Mason, and um, yeah, I think it's One Blood. 
One Blood, which yeah. is per- Perkins. Excellent Again, book. Yeah. Yes. And, and Woke Church. Um, you know, it's funny because the, the term woke has become somewhat embattled, uh, but we it's published totally this about <laughs> a year and a half ago now. And I had the honor of working as an editor on that one uh, by Eric Mason, which is an excellent one. Yes, I, yeah. I'm biased, but I recommend that one too. Yeah. The Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby yes. is a historical um, reflection on the church and and um, becoming the bridge, be the bridge, be the bridge by yeah. Natasha Morrison. Um, just about how to engage one another on this topic and be the bridge. And um, so there's there's a loads. My my brain is slow. Anytime someone asks me for lists on the spot, I'm always like, <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. So. So there's lots of people. That's who, a pretty good start though, right there. There's four yeah. or five excellent yes. books. Yeah. yeah. I would go there. I mean, I, I, I totally hear you. People ask me, what are you reading right now that you're enjoying? And I'm like blank. And I'm one yep. of those people that's always got like 10 books on the go. And yep. yet somehow on the spot. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm not reading anything. I don't, I don't even know. Yes. Do I, do I know how to read? I don't even know. Anymore. <laughs> yes. So I'm the exact same way. So. <laughs> oh, that wasn't bad though. Um, and United, I mean, that's, uh, uh, it's funny, totally unrelated to me being in my church. Um, the church went through that book together and absolutely loved oh, it. Um, your so, church? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's encouraging. <laughs> called The Well, and it's like right in the core of Portland, Oregon, great church. So, that's no, it was really, really helpful for the whole congregation. Oh. Uh, so, I definitely encourage uh, people to check that out. Um and I'll give you some information on how you can get a discount on that in a moment. Uh, I just have a couple more questions for you, Trillia. Uh, what can, and this is another one of those kind of big questions. So just go any direction you want with it. But what, what can churches do right now, kind of collectively? Like we've talked about what individuals can do. You can get educated. You can read up on it. Uh, don't think this is a kind of a moment that you just kind of, you know, shout some slogans and maybe go to a protest or and then it passes and then it's all done. So we want to have some staying power, but what can churches do collectively in this moment to fight for racial justice and reconciliation? Okay. So when I'm actually going to talk to the church leader, Hmm. because the church leader is really going to help guide the church. One, you're going to look at, you can look at your DNA. What is it that you're, what do you ever talk about? Do you, have you ever preached Ephesians 2, 11 to the end of the chapter? Ask yourself what it is that you're teaching and your, your lead, how you're leading your congregation in these, in th- through thinking through even the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we doing uh, and how are, we, how are you leading your, your church from the pulpit? I think that's really important because those... That's, I mean, if you're, if it's part of the DNA to, to understand what the Imago Dei means for all people to uh, a multi-ethnic mission, to understand what it means that the veil of hostility has been torn. Like if those things are a part of what your, your congregation is hearing, then there's going to be a lot more of a impulse to, to, um, to seek the care of their neighbor and to, to look for ways to engage their communities and culture around them. So mm. 
it really does start in many ways in the pulpit. And then you don't have to reinvent the will. You could probably go to a, a underserved community, which may also be a minority community. It may be, um, but go to an underserved community and figure out what people are doing there already and partner, partner with that community through an organization that's already there. So sometimes we complicate things because we feel like, oh no, I have to start this big old ministry. I have to do this thing. No, you could probably have a ministry that is partnered with something that's already existing. You don't have to go and reinvent wills um, and partner with other churches that don't, maybe there's a predominantly black church in your community that you could partner with. Um, but I, I think I think there's some real practical ways of just looking outside of our doors, inviting people into our churches, inviting people into our homes or go, going to those the various communities and and seeing how you can support the efforts that are already there. Um, being involved in the public square, square uh, thinking through laws and various things. So so those are just a few um, things that you can do pretty right away. That's great. And I think you're so right. If it doesn't, if it isn't heard from the pulpit, if it isn't championed by the leaders, uh, it's a real uphill battle uh, to yeah. get your church to care about uh, this issue and to do things about it. Uh, so I'm glad that you addressed church leaders specifically. My last question for you, Trillia, is this. Um, I, I, you know, I've seen on social media, um, you've been very honest uh, in this moment where you're feeling sometimes overwhelmed, even to the point of wanting to cry, uh, tired. Um, I can't imagine. Um, but what in this moment is giving you hope right now as you see what's happening? I mean, <laughs> there's I I've, have a lot of hope. So when I, um, yes, when I'm on social media and I'm saying I'm tired and I'm weary, I mourn with, I'm not someone who mourns without hope. Hmm. So even in my sorrow, there is hope. Like even, even I shared on um, various social media platforms that I'm, I have been, I've been just in this constant state of kind of grieving, but in, even in that I sense God's love and nearness. So, mm. so I, I, I mean, I, I just totally believe in what I preach, <laughs> but so <laughs> by the grace of God, you know, so, so I have a lot of hope in, in Jesus. That's my ultimate hope. But I also, I mean, I, I do recognize that people who like I'm seeing some friends who have never said a thing about any of this stuff, speaking and thinking and writing and praying, engaging where I, I just have not seen before. So I've I have been doing this for at least 20 something years. I've been engaged in some ways and I have never seen this level of involvement and engagement that is actually positive, if that mm. makes sense. Like, I yes, absolutely. And you're going, yeah. hey, welcome to the party. I've been here for a while, but yeah. glad to have you. <laughs> yeah, come on in. Been here for a while. I hope you stay. Stay for a while. Right. Don't, yeah, don't leave. So I, I am encouraged by that. And so I, but, it, but 
my ultimate hope is in the Lord. I I am so guarded <laughs> because I have been in this a while. And so I've seen that party kind of people blow out those candles and they're like, okay. So, but, but I mean, I, we haven't even talked about some of the symbols and, and very, the very controversial things. We haven't, we haven't gone there, but NASCAR. <laughs> right. Of all sports. <laughs> of all sports. It's just ban the Confederate flag. That to me is yeah. a big deal. I'm from the South. Amen. I live in the South. I, every single day see the Confederate flag. And so this is a massive big deal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and I'm seeing things that I've never said, like I would never, if you told me five years ago that NASCAR was going to put a band ban on. And, and yeah, I would have said, no no way. And so I just think there, there are companies and there are organizations who are saying, you know, this this hurts our brothers and sisters and i mean they're not going churchy like brothers and sisters <laughs> right but yeah this hurts people and so we're it's not worth that we're going to we're going to not have a symbol that and and fly it high anymore hmm. that's a big deal to me and yeah. um so yeah there are th- lots of things like that that i think okay <laughs> that people are paying attention and they're trying to figure out how to love people well and that's a good thing that's awesome i love that welcome to the party please stick around <laughs> yes. oh that's great Well, listeners, if you've benefited from this conversation like I have, I know you have, please head over to moodypublishers.com and grab a copy of Trillia's book, United, Captured by God's Vision for Diversity. Uh, It is 40% off right now. She's a great writer, and obviously this is such an important topic and a timely message for the church. Uh, And as I mentioned, it was a huge help for the church that I attend. Um, so yeah, grab a copy, moodypublishers.com, 40% automatically, you'll get that discount. I also want to encourage you, even though it's not a Moody book, this is how nice I'm being. I want <laughs> <laughs> to encourage you to check out her uh, her children's book, God's Very Good Idea. I actually have one en route to my house uh, that, I, that I got on Amazon because I have three little kids and oh. I'd kind of seen it here and there. I didn't even like connect the dots, Trillia, that it was your book until oh. recently. And I'm like... I've got to get this. So I am very excited to check that one out. It is wildly popular. Uh, and so I'd encourage you to check. Oh, so you haven't read it yet. I haven't read it. Oh, no. I think you're going to enjoy it. And it's beautiful. And I know oh, it's so I beautiful. wrote I've it. Seen the pictures, yeah. But yeah, it's really, I, it's really pretty. It's a pretty book. But <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, go and just look at it online. You'll, you'll buy it. It's 10 bucks. Okay. I mean, like. Uh, <laughs> and I've That's heard such good things about it. So Trilly, I want to thank you again for coming on the, coming back on the podcast. Uh, thank you for your work. Like you said, you've been doing this for a long time and we appreciate it. And I think we're seeing some of that work come to, to fruition. Uh, I learned a lot from this conversation. I look forward to learning more. I love what you said about mourning, but not without hope. Um, And listeners, if you've enjoyed this conversation, please uh, jump over to Apple or Google Podcasts. Leave us a review or a rating. We always love that. It just takes a second, but it really helps uh, uh, other people find the podcast. Um, So please do that. And thank you for listening. Until next time, 
Keep reading.